of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And we'll begin reading at verse number 14. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 14. Um, a few things uh, that I'm excited about that we've been praying about for some time. Um, and these things are related in some way. Um, that is our website. If you've visited hccnow.org uh, recently, uh, you have found an uh, under construction page with some links to the podcast and the Vimeo channel there. Um, but if, if you uh, visit it today, you'll see there's a countdown uh, clock there. Um, and uh, this time next Sunday, a uh, new website's going to be up and running. So we're very, very excited about that. And thank you, Brother Jason, for all your hard work on that. Amen. And, uh, and related to that, we've uh, taken some strategic steps to uh, include our services uh, in our live stream. Uh, we started live streaming the, the Wednesday evening class and um, have really just been uh, so blessed and even, I would say, amazed at the response to that. And, um, and so we're going to uh, include, it's a little more challenging uh, to pull that off technology-wise technology in here than it is uh, in uh, that uh, room in there. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're making uh, steps towards that end, and so we're uh, excited about that. So be in prayer with us about those things. Um, uh, we just believe in that. Um, amen. It's going to help us get the word that Father has given to us here um, out to more and more people. And um, while I am looking for the day that this building is filled again on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings and Wednesday nights, um, there are people who live a long, long way from this church that um, are tuning in with us uh, on uh, Wednesday evenings, and we believe uh, we'll also be able to dial in, tune in on Sundays with us as well. Praise God. All right. Ephesians chapter 3, I, gave you a, I, I talked a little bit, give you a minute to find that. Today we're going to be talking about desires and expectations. Desires and expectations. And I hope the title is intriguing to you. And when we talk about desires and expectations, clearly there's a lot of different directions we could go um, with those subjects. But I think after we read this passage and comment a little bit, you're going to see that we're talking about specifically, not your desires, not your expectations, but what our Heavenly Father's desires and expectations are for you and for me. Amen. So let's jump in here at verse number 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant to you according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus 
to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, some weeks ago, we began to talk about a plan that's unfolding by the church to the powers of darkness. And in our course of study about that plan, we learned that it is a manifold plan, the manifold grace of God, the manifold wisdom of God. And the, that plan is, is being unfolded. It has many folds or many layers to it, and those layers are being peeled back or those uh, folds are being unfolded. If, if, if I was to take this uh, September calendar and fold it up, well, if I got through folding it, you may only see just one little piece of writing on it. But as we unfolded it, every time we unfolded a little more of it, the, the full picture of it would come to view. And so we see that this plan, this manifold wisdom, many-folded wisdom, it's an eternal plan that existed in the heart of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it was hidden in God for all of eternity past. And of course, we know that it began to be uh, unfolded when God said, let there be light. And that the Bible teaches that all of creation exists for the intentions of the unfolding of this plan. Now, to get, I guess, specific about it, we've identified this as an eternal, elaborate, and audacious plan birthed in the heart of God to increase Himself and expand His glory by creating a being comparable to and compatible with Himself, that would be you and me, and then give that being a choice to love Him and be one with Him. Amen. Now, I asked you a few weeks back, and we're going to come back to this this morning and uh, follow this where the Holy Spirit leads, but I asked you a question. I said, have you ever been in a relationship with someone else and your desires for that relationship were not the same as the other person's? Or maybe vice versa, their desires, uh, they wanted something from a relationship with you that you didn't necessarily want to have in a relationship with them. Now, I, I guess our first thoughts go to maybe something romantic. Uh, maybe you had a crush on somebody in high school and, and, um, and she just wanted to be friends. Amen. And so again, that would be you wanted more out of the relationship than the other party uh, wanted or was interested in. Um, another way to, I guess, ask the same question is um, or how about different expectations in a relationship. And of course, when I speak of a relationship, this could be a business relationship, some type of working relationship, or even a personal relationship. A lot of times, um, the expectations that husbands and wives have of one another are different, and because the expectations are different, the, um, the dynamics of the relationship can sometimes be negatively impacted. Somebody say amen or oh me to that, right? One of the things that I try to cover in premarital counseling is this different, uh, difference of expectations. And in, in other words, hopefully, you know, two people entering into a marriage, um, you know, have some 
you know, vision, some, some image in mind of what the white picket fence looks like, most every time um, those two people do have that, but also most every time what the, the wife-to-be uh, has envisioned as the white picket fence happily ever after ending, and what the husband-to-be, what he's envisioned as the white picket fence happily ever after ending is, are different. Meaning what? Meaning they're going into a marriage with different expectations. All right? And so that's a very important thing that we need to work through. As a matter of fact, a lot of the conflict that exists in marriage, and this could be a marriage of, of 25 years or more, right? Um, a lot of the conflict, unresolved issues that, that husbands and wives have in their marriages uh, has to do with this, this subject of expectations. Are you with me this morning? Expectations. So again, um, have you ever been in a relationship with someone who either desired more from the relationship than you did or... Uh, you know, they desired more than you or you desired more than them, or been in a relationship, business, working, or personal, where the expectations, the expectations were different. Now, the reason I ask you that question is because of this next point. Father desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination. Now, I got a lot of notes this morning. I got more notes that we're going to get through tonight and today, this morning and tonight. But I don't want to move too quickly beyond that simple point right there, okay? I believe that there is a lot of confusion in the body of Christ today when it comes to the kind of relationship, the kind of fellowship that our Heavenly Father, our Creator Father, that God, and when I say God, I'm talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, not just some impersonal being sitting on a throne somewhere. Um, I usually refer to Him as Father God, or as our Father, capital F, of course. And, but in this context, and, and I've, I've said this a few weeks back, I'm going to say it again, if I call Him God, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the Trinity. I'm talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? Are you with me still? So, there's a tremendous amount of confusion, misunderstanding, lack of understanding in the body of Christ today when it comes to the relationship, the fellowship, that Father God desires to have with you, that He expected, anticipated to have with you even before He ever created you. As a matter of fact, He had expectations of the kind of relationship He wanted to have with you, and that became a factor in the way He created us. He created us in His image, in His likeness, comparable to Him and compatible with Him, because of the relationship that He ultimately desired to have with you. Amen. So again, Father desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination. Amen. He desires to have a much deeper a much more personal relationship with you perhaps than you've ever dared to believe. Now, we 
have mentioned, and I'm not going to go back to those verses, but the Holy Spirit took us on a little side journey where He instructed us to, to make our tent bigger, make the cords that hold our tent longer, and the stakes that support it drive them deeper. In other words, He's saying we got to make more room for Him to work in our lives. we got to make more room for Him to add some things to us in our lives. <clears throat> and then we looked at the passage where He said that we're limited by our own affections. God is not holding you back. God is not restricting you. And the devil can't restrict you. But it's our own affections. In other words, what we've made important, what we've made a priority in our lives. And if we will shift those affections and make more room in our hearts and lives and thinking for Father God to work in us, amen, then we will see, uh, you know, that we will break through those restrictions. He asks us a question, right? Don't you want to know what kind of life is on the other side of that wall you keep hitting? Well, that wall is there not because of God, and that wall is not there. Obviously, the devil is manipulating things or trying to in your life, but it's that wall is ultimately built. The limit that's imposed upon us is ultimately imposed by our own affections. Okay? Now, with that said now, this statement is so important that Father desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination. This means that if you're ever going to experience and enjoy the kind of relationship with Him that He desires to have with you, the kind of fellowship that He desires to have with you, you're going to have to make room in your thinking for that relationship. In other words, it, so many people limit what God is able to do in their lives because they limit what they think He wants to do in their lives. What, what He intends or expects to do in their life. Now let me read this again and I want to clarify. Father desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination. If I have learned anything about walking with God, I have learned this. The sweet spot of my life is finding what He desires for me and do it. The sweet spot of my life is to understand His expectations for me and go after that thing. It's not in me doing what I want and asking Him to bless it. It's, it's not in what I think is possible or what I expect. I'm not saying that what you desire is not important to God. I'm not saying that what you expect from Him is not important to Him. It is extremely important to Him. But the problem is, we have such small thinking, our small thinking leads to such small desires and leads to such small expectations. And so Father is not going to change His desires and His expectations to match your desires and your expectations because what He desires for you and what He expects from you is so much greater than anything you even have the capacity to desire and expect from a relationship with Him. That's good preaching right there. I, when I listen to this later, I'm going to amen that right there. Because that, 
Amen. That's him speaking to you right now. Praise God. So again, Father desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination. Listen, I'm not asking you to pity God. I'm not, I'm not asking you to, to feel sorry for Him. Listen to me, please. But I am asking you to, to somewhere in, in your mind, you know, picture that awkward teenage boy, you know, with the corsage and, and the rented tuxedo sitting in the metal folding chair longing to have more of a relationship with a young lady on the dance floor, but she is spurning him. She is rejecting him. She does not desire with him what he desires to have with her. I'm asking you to see that this morning. The Bible says he's jealous for you. When you give your heart to others, when, when you give your heart to other things that lead you to an inferior life, it affects him emotionally. He is emotionally connected with you. He is eternally committed to you. He is enthusiastically concerned for you this morning. Amen. Amen. And he desires and expects, created you with those expectations in mind. And when I say His desires for you and expectations, I'm not just speaking of things like duty, service, and obedience. Again, if those are the first things that come to someone's mind who hears a statement like, Father desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination... It's sad to me, but I dare say the average Christian, when, if they begin to try to wrap their mind around that statement, the first place they go is duty, or the next place they go is obedience, or the next place that they go is uh, sacrifice, or service, or, or, or giving. That statement right there, I'm not saying that, that, that duty and service and obedience are not important. But my friend, Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, they had all of that with angels. He created you looking for something far more. So when I say He desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination, I'm not just talking about duty, service, obedience, and sacrifice, but I'm talking about things like oneness, intimacy, partnership, fellowship, mutual blessing, and even mutual glory. I want to read three statements, and I want you to just kind of let them settle into your mind for a moment. Does Father want more for you or more from you? Does He want more with you or more of you? Does He want more in you or more out of you? So again, more for you and not just more from you. More with you and not just more of you. He does want more of you. But He doesn't just want more of you because, by God, you ought to give Him more of you. He wants more of you because He wants more with you. He doesn't just want more of your time because He's God and you ought to give it to Him. He wants more of your time because He wants time with you. 
Do you see the difference there? He likes us. Thank you, Vanessa. He likes to speak. He, want, he longs for you. All of this started, I guess, a few months ago. I walked in this pulpit and the Holy Spirit just, He fell on me so strong, I had to grab hold of it to stand up. And these words came out of me. Would to God that we long for Him as much as He longed for us. He wants more in you and not just more out of you. Now I want you to think for a moment. Which, which side of these statements is the most dominant in your thinking? More from you, more of you, more out of you. See, religion is constantly saying, do more, give more, be more. The Passion Translation translates a passage in Romans 8 this way, that we have been set free from this idea of never being good enough. We've been set free from this idea that we can never do enough, we can never be enough, we can never give enough, we can, we, we can, we can never sacrifice enough, we can never serve enough, we can never obey enough. Religion says God wants more out of you, so do more, give more, be more. You can do better, you can be better, you, you, you can sacrifice better. Or the other side of these statements, more for you, more with you, more in you. Now, I'm just going to give you what I got this morning, okay? God created you with the desire and expectation of loving you, giving Himself to you, being one with you, and filling you with His fullness by literally sharing all that He is and all that He has with you. You can eat cotton candy fast. You can't eat T-bone steak fast. Okay? There's some things we can just rush right through. There's other things we got to take a minute. We got to take a minute. We got to take a minute right here. We, we've been saying this in one form or another now for weeks. But as is the case, the more we learn, these things get condensed in to certain statements, to certain phrases. Brother Copeland said one of the main jobs of the prophet is to give people something to say. To give people something to say. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say I'm redeemed. And this morning, I am not just making this statement. I'm trying to plant something in your heart that will become inside of you so alive and so full and so great that you begin to say these things out of your mouth. Last Sunday morning, and it's all part 
of a bigger picture that the Holy Spirit is painting for us. But last Sunday morning, we talked about the, the inward image that we have of ourselves, this, this inner image that has been formed in us by hurt and rejection and sin and life experience and failure after failure and, 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 and pain and, and all these things. And, and we've come to this place in our lives to where we, we see a version of ourselves that is not the truth. It's not, it's not who we really are. And yet the Bible says the Word of God is like the hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. And that the Word of God is now breaking up that wrong inner image and is at the same time rebuilding within us the right inner image of who we are and of who we are in Christ and of why we exist and why Father God created us and what He desires from a relationship with us and what His expectations are based upon how He created us and the price that He paid to recreate us and, and redeem us back to Himself. So again, take a deep breath. I'm going to read it to you again. Father God, He created you. God created you. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. They were all in on it, right? God created you with the desire and expectation of loving you. The Bible says, let me just give you an example. The Bible says that before God ever created the first human being, Jesus had already agreed to become the sin of all humanity and die for every one of us. Before He ever created you, His, He created you with the knowledge, with the foreknowledge that one day He would have to become a man and die for you in order for the manifold wisdom, the manifold plan of God to come to pass. It's amazing to me. Born-again believers think they make one mistake and God don't love them anymore. If He was going to give up, He would have given up before He ever started. If He was going to stop loving you, He would have stopped loving you before He ever created you. If He wasn't going to see this thing through to the end, He would have never breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam. Created you. He knew what He was getting Himself into. We sometimes say, well, you know, well, He's a big boy. He knew what He was signing up for. Somebody commits to something, you know, it's like, oh, can you believe they're making Him... Get up at four in the morning. He knew he was having to get up at four in the morning when he took that job. He knew what, you, you understand what I'm saying. Praise God. God knew what he was signing up for. And he signed up for it, my friend. That ought to tell you the desire that he has. That ought to tell you the expectations that he has. God created you with the desire and expectation of loving you, you could say completely, eternally. He created you with the desire and expectation of giving Himself to you. Now, I want to stop here for a moment because you think, well, Pastor Mark, that sounds a little bit extreme. But, and understand that some of you may be new to this whole God, Jesus, and the Bible stuff, you know. But, you don't have to read very far into the Bible, period, but especially into the New Testament to see 
how God gave Himself. He gave Jesus. God the Father gave Jesus as a ransom for you. And then Jesus prayed to the Father and asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit and give Him to you. And then Jesus died for you to take away your sins, to make you right with the Father, to make you one with the Father, and then baptized you in the Holy Spirit that Father gave to you when Jesus asked Him to. So if it sounds a little extreme, if it sounds a little fanatical to say that God created you with the desire and expectation of giving Himself to you, read what the Bible says. That's exactly what He's done. The Bible says He's withheld no good thing from you. He's given you His name. He's given you His word. He's given you His blood. He's given you His kingdom. He's given you His throne. He says, come sit with me. Jesus says, come sit together. Matt talked about it this morning during praise and worship. Come sit together with me. Jesus. Think about it for a minute. See, here's the problem. When we hear these things talked about, it's, you know, it's back to the awkward teenage boy that's, you know, got a crush on the young lady and she doesn't have the same feelings for him. I, I bring that up. Thank you for, the, for amen in that part. But this is not about making you feel guilty. This is, this is not about trying to shame you into giving more, doing more, being more. The idea is, and, and this was Father's heart from the very beginning, to love you and to love in Him. Not scare you, not threaten you, not... no. No, to love you and to love in Him. And, and I just so happen to believe the, the Word of God that it's the goodness of God that draws us to make more room in our hearts for God. That it's the hope that we have of who we are in Christ. 1 John uh, chapter 3 that will motivate us to purify our lives and get the garbage and the junk and the sin and the things that don't belong in our lives out of our lives. Not because somebody threatens you with hell or threatens you with punishment or threatens you with some kind of uh, you know, action uh, you know, from God against you because you are, are holding on to things you shouldn't be holding on to. My friend, our sin's already been punished. If you're a born-again believer, there's no sin to be punished. There's, there's seed time and harvest. You're going to reap what you sow. This idea that you know, God's going to hurt you somehow because you're not listening to Him, not doing what He had to say. It's, it's ridiculous. He hurt Jesus. Jesus is the only man God ever made sick. Are you hearing? He's the only, I heard Kenneth Copeland say this. He's the only man God ever sent to hell. Send him for you and me, right? So we wouldn't have to go there. So the Bible says, if he spared not his only son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not now freely give us all things? 
This is, this is not me trying to twist your arm into doing something you don't want to do. See, that's, that's how these things, if they've been preached at all, that's been the context that they've been preached in. Not, this is an invitation to have things in your life beyond anything you've ever imagined or, or been able or even have the capacity to conceive. God created you with the desire and expectation of loving you, giving Himself to you, being one with you, and filling you with His fullness by literally sharing all that He is and, that all, that he, and all that He has with you. Amen. Singers, musicians, come on. I had no idea it was quarter to twelve. Praise God. Where does time go when we're having fun? Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? I'm going to keep talking while they come. Is there room in your heart for this kind of relationship with your Creator? Before you say yes, better to ask, is there room in your affections? Is there room in your thinking for this kind of relationship with your Creator? The relationship He desires to have with you. Now the reason we have to make room in our heart and affections first is because only God can reveal to us what the Word of God says is beyond your ability to comprehend. Did you catch that? That's important right there. We preached on this, I think it was sermon number six in this series. And the title of it is simply Beyond Comprehension. As the Lord began to show Paul what he really desired and expected in a relationship with us, Paul's response to that was to fall on his knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and begin to pray for the church that we would be strengthened with the might of God's Spirit in our inner man so that He would give us the ability to comprehend what goes beyond human comprehension. Some of the first words out of my mouth when we went down this pathway that we're being led down now by the Holy Spirit was, you got to get this, you got to get this, you got to get this. But the reality of it is, you will never get this unless you allow the Holy Spirit to help you get this. You can't get this without Him because your capacity to comprehend these things is not enough alone to grasp what God's desires and expectations. That's how, that's how huge they are. That's the overwhelming magnitude of what He has for you. We catch glimpses of it in the Scripture. When Jesus says, Father, the glory You've given Me, I've given to them. We catch glimpses of it in the Scripture. When Jesus says, the same love You've loved Me with, You now love them with. We catch glimpses of it in the Scripture. When Jesus says, Father, because I'm in You and You're in Me, I've done all these signs, wonders, and miracles on the earth. But now that my believers, those, my disciples, those who are also now in Me, they will do the works that I've done and even greater works. Again, a glimpse. Jesus raised a man from the dead, been dead four days, his body already started to rot. Jesus raised him back to newness of life. And yet Jesus said, because he goes to his Father, you 
can do a greater work than that. Your mind can't comprehend that unless you're strengthened by might with God's Spirit in the inner man to grab hold of that, hold on to that, or as I like to say, take that ball and run with it. Apart from that, it'll only be words. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'll finish here. Stand with me, please. A closed heart closes the door to the potential Father has placed in your life. When you close your heart to the greater truths of God's desires and expectations for you, you close the door to the life realities those desires and expectations can produce. You are restricted, he said, but not by us. He said, our heart is wide open. Why why was Paul's heart wide open for the church? It's because he recognized that God's heart was wide open for the church. Because God's heart was wide open, Paul said, my heart is wide open. But then he said to the Corinthians, he said, but your heart's not wide open. Your heart's closed. Your heart is is shut down. No room in your heart for these greater truths. Because the door of your heart is closed to the possibility, the realities in your life that those possibilities can produce are on the other side now of that wall you keep hitting. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for the men and women that are standing in this room. Thank you for those who are watching this by recording or listening to this by recording, Father. I pray for all of us this morning that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, I pray this morning that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we might know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of your glory, the riches of your inheritance in us, your people. That we would be strengthened by your Spirit with might in the inner man to lay hold of truth that is impossible to comprehend any other way. May it be so. May it be so. Father, forgive us for thinking so small. Forgive us, Father, for settling and being satisfied with a relationship with you that is 
far, far less than the one you desire and expect. Help us, Holy Spirit, shift our affections this morning. Help us, Holy Spirit, make room in the tent of our heart to begin to imagine a much closer and intimate walk with You, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's worship Him for a moment. Let's worship Him for a moment, praise God. If you're here this morning and you've never been born again, I'm going to ask you if you would to please just step out and let us pray with you. If you're here this morning and we talked a lot about healing today, you'd like someone to lay hands on you and pray with you according to the Scriptures. For healing in your body, we'll do that this morning as well. Let's worship Him before we're dismissed. Amen.